Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Episode 84 of Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. It's time for another adventure in the world of Pokemon. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm Team Mischievous because today we are talking about Yokai and the many Pokemon that Yokai stories have inspired. Of course, Victory Road is a production of the Four Eyed Radio Network and is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design to fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And as always, please subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you're listening. Those ratings and reviews make Victory Road more visible and easier to find. My guest co-host today is a wonderful friend and mutual appreciator of many things spooky, one of the hosts of Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast, an all-around brilliant human. It's Cassie. Welcome, Cassie. Thank you, Doug. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm so happy to have you here, especially for this topic in particular, uh, because when you can find a friend who appreciates spooky things and horror things, I feel like you have to treasure them because <laughs> uh, it's one of those things you like can't convince people to like. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, it's, so it's, I'm it's glad to have hard. you here for this. Yes. Well, since this is your first time uh, here on Victory Road, I would love uh, to know what is your Pokemon origin story? Sure. Well, um, so I started started loving Pokemon when it first came out. Yeah. Um, you would know better than I would what year that was. <laughs> I don't know, but I was that age, whatever that late year 90s, was. Okay, late 90s. Okay, yeah. So I was a kid, for sure. <laughs> and <laughs> the trading card game was all the rage, and me and my cousin used to collect all of the cards, obviously watch the TV show when that eventually came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never learned how to actually play <laughs> the card game but we speaking of spooky this is kind of creepy but what we would do is we would throw the cards at each other <laughs> and whoever had the less like cuts would win <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so that's how we played pokemon um we would just throw them we would literally throw the cards at each other but with paper cuts yes which is <laughs> super painful i mean we didn't really ever hit each other but we would just throw the cards at each other because we didn't know what we were doing Uh, and we would just (laughs) make up yeah we would just make up stuff um i used to be obsessed with uh ponyta and rapidash they were my favorites Mm. when i was little nice and like i always would stick to saying i was like a my my favorite was fire type but Mm -hmm. now that i've gotten older it's actually quite different i think i'm more i mean i love ghost type obviously i was telling you about that but i think Water type is one of my favorites too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, uh, when I started playing, I was very much in the like, I, grass is my favorite type. Mm. Um, it was for a very, very long time. Um, and then I kind of stuck with those like elemental types for a while. Mm-hmm. And then in the past few generations, it's definitely shifted towards more fairy type, ghost type, mm. poison type, dark type, those sort of types that I never took time to actually learn. I now have a renewed sort of or i guess new appreciation for that i didn't have before (laughs) 
Absolutely. Yeah, fairy type's awesome, too. There's just so many... I mean, Clefairy is actually one of my oh. favorites. Clefairy and Gengar are, like, my top both. two favorite Pokemon right now, so... As as a fellow appreciator of drag, uh, and specifically drag race, I believe it's uh, the artist formerly known as Fifi O'Hara. I believe Jeremy Carey has... Uh, doesn't he have a tattoo that is Clefable and Gengar? Like, like uh... I think he does. I think so. That sounds very familiar to me. And, o- <laughs> and only recently cool I just um, found out about the whole, what's it called? The whole conspiracy about Clefairy being, or Gengar being the shadow, like, evil side of Clefairy, mm-hmm. apparently. I never knew about that. I love that. And I wish because Pokemon has such a messy, like, carefree attitude towards, like, lore and mythology, I kind of wish that they had leaned further into that, right? Like, that Gengar is actually the shadow of a Clefairy. Because, I mean, from behind, they look pretty much the same. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, their body types are so similar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I... uh... Did, did, have you kept up with like the games or the anime or is there any part of Pokemon that has sort of like stayed with you either residually or actively? Sure. Well, something that's kind of consistently been part of my life is I, I mean, I love kids and I worked as a um, daycare teacher and I worked as a teacher. And mm-hmm. one thing that has always kind of kept me cool with, especially with little kids is like I, my knowledge of Pokemon, even if it's like basic for like adults which is kind of funny but like kids mm-hmm. like love it and i always, i have pokemon stickers on my desk at work and i give <laughs> them to kids when they come in and i draw poke i always will like draw pokemon for kids and i just have really basic fun conversations with kids about pokemon yeah and then i also watch the tv shows still like uh my partner tommy and i watch uh i can't think off the top of my head but the most recent like oh, two the or journey three. stuff. Yeah, Ash I, and Go. it's so oh, good. <laughs> it really is. It honestly is. And and we, if 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 you're listening to this and you like that show, we did cover. Uh, we've covered journeys the whole way through, so you can oh. find little, you know, episodes here and there where we'll cover like six episodes at a time. Um, and I cannot recommend it enough. It's so good. Yeah, I watched that, and then I watched the one where they were on. I think the Alolan Island. Mm-hmm. That one's so much fun too. Yeah, I. I I love it. And I still play all of them. I still, I obviously I did Pokemon Go when it first came out. Tommy and I mm-hmm. actually did a bar hop for oh, Pokemon nice. <laughs> Go uh, in, our, in Richmond. They had like yeah. a, when it was really, really big, there was a road that we would go down and you started at one end and you would go to the other and you would play Pokemon at the bar and you'd play Pokemon Go, catch your Pokemon. And then the bartenders had different themed Pokemon drinks at each mm-hmm. bar. I love that. It was amazing. It was so fun. Thinking back to that summer is really wild because like there have been so like, like I can't imagine and I couldn't have imagined that that would have happened, but I can't imagine what like the next possible thing could ever be that would have that same vibe, you know? And I don't know if anything ever really has or ever really will because obviously Pokemon was massive and all encompassing in the late 90s and early 2000s to the point where like it was simply unavoidable mm-hmm. right and now it's sort of ubiquitous um but it's not it's you know it doesn't have that same sort of like immediate fad power literally every other story um is about pokemon but when pokemon go happened it sort of happened all over again mm-hmm. but now all the people who who were kids when it came out were adults and so it was like strange but also very heartening to like go to a park and just like talk to strangers <laughs> about yeah. pokemon and everybody was just like cool and into it and like it was this weird 
communal experience that I just I never could have dreamt up. And then yeah, to to go to like the local coffee shop and have them be like, oh, well, tell us what your team is and we'll make you a drink. Yeah, based on your team is like that's so cool. It was amazing. I had, I mean, I'm sure everyone had the same. I mean, everyone did have the same communal experience. Um, mm-hmm. I had a uh, just another like I guess additional part of that is I had a uh, my one of my best friends had her bachelorette party like the like the same week that everyone was doing pokemon go and -hmm. even we went to baltimore and um we went bar hopping and we played pokemon go everywhere we went and everyone at the bars was playing pokemon go too yeah and it was uh and actually just like two weeks ago i was just taking a walk i wasn't even looking at my phone and there was a guy, I guess I look like someone that played Pokemon Go. I don't know what that <laughs> means, but he was like, oh, did you know they did this in Pokemon Go? And I was like, oh, cool. And like, But I didn't even have my phone out, so I don't even know why he... Yeah. I guess I think he felt awkward because I could tell he was like, he had a dog with him and he was like maybe 15 feet in front of me and he kept stopping and walking and stopping. Oh. And I, I had a thought. I was like, I think he's trying yeah. to catch some Pokemon. And yeah. I guess he felt awkward because he was like, I need to explain what I'm doing because this person probably thinks I'm weird. Aw. <laughs> well, he probably just assumed that, like, like right or wrong, just assumed your age range-ish yes. and was like, I'm sure that this person at least knows what Pokemon is. <laughs> <laughs> they were right. So maybe- I mean, I knew exactly what he was talking about, so... Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah it really does have that sort of power uh, mm-hmm. to it well speaking of I, I guess just things things sort of happening in, in the games you mentioned that you kept up with the games um is there anything in the world of pokemon that's been happening lately or any news perhaps <laughs> uh, that has piqued your interest uh, in the world of pokemon absolutely i'm really excited 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 about excited, um, excited. is that an accent <laughs> maybe like slightly new zealand i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I didn't mean to do that, but I'm really excited about Legend of Arceus. It looks incredible. I mean, I loved Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. um, and it seems to have that exact kind of notion to it. And I've played, I pretty much kept up with all the Pokemon games on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I most recently went through Let's Go Eevee, which was so fun and so cute. Um, <laughs> I I really liked that game. I mean, I, I don't necessarily... Like, the 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 catching things to grind uh, mm-hmm. wasn't my favorite, but, but, like, just the way that that game was built and the way that it looked. I know, like, when it came out, there were some folks who were like, oh, this is kind of, like, not really what I expected from a Switch remake. And I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> this is beautiful. This is, yeah. like... This is taking that original game, and I just played through Blue recently all over again, Mm -hmm. taking that and, like, making it modern without compromising what the game was. Like, I I really appreciated those Let's Go games. I I agree wholeheartedly with you. My favorite favorite thing was just the addition of being able to, like, fly or hold on to Pokemon. Oh, my gosh. Like, just grabbing (laughs) Snorlax's, like, chest hair and just... Not, I mean, he doesn't have chest hair, chest fur. Yeah. <laughs> he just has some little, like, chest hairs growing out of his fur. <laughs> yeah, just chest hair. <laughs> He's like, ow, this hurts, stop. <laughs> it's a lot of weight to put on that one concentrated area. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the quality of life stuff in those games, and, and honestly, the quality of life improvements from the from gen 7 onward just the sun and moon and beyond has been such a welcome change the elimination of hms um the fact that you don't have to stop at a computer to to change out your pokemon i'm so happy they've kept all those things and that they're going to incorporate them into the diamond and pearl remakes as well 
I agree. So good. But Arceus, like, I'm pumped for that. And they just revealed recently um, another new Hisuian form, uh, which Ooh. is really exciting. Was it, the, was uh, it, um, I saw, oh God, who did I see? I sound so dumb, but I saw the doggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, Zoroa and Zoroark, um, whose names I can't stand because I have a really hard time saying them. <laughs> I'm sure it's a <laughs> reference to something, but it's so hard for me to say those names. Um, but I'm excited. It's, uh, you know, my my former co-host and co-founder of Victory Road pointed out to me, uh, this is Kyle, pointed out to me that it's an, it's another new type combo. And I, I get psyched anytime they introduce a new uh, type combo because there's still a number of type combinations that have never been uh, represented. So this will be a normal ghost type, which uh, is definitely unique. Uh, so I'm excited. This Ooh. Hisuian, I think. I keep saying Hisuian because there's a YouTuber that I watch who uh, keeps saying that. So it's ingrained <laughs> in my brain. But I think he says it wrong. So I need to like not adopt that habit. <laughs> But Hisuian, uh, Zoroa, and Zoroark. I'm very pumped. Just the fact that they have any new forms in that game is is astonishing and amazing. Absolutely. That Growlithe, Cassie. Oh my god, his little curly hair. <laughs> so curly and perfect. And you can't see his eyes. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's precious. Yeah, I, uh, I I can't wait for that game. I think it's going to be so exciting. It's so different than anything that we've gotten uh, from the core series before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it's it's I'm pumped, and it's like less than six months away. <laughs> it comes oh, out so in January. <laughs> I know. I know. I, know. I guess so there's pumped. no. Do you know? I ha- I should have been looking into it more consistently, but it, there isn't any like capability of being online with other people yet, right? That we know of. Not that we know of. I, I, what they've said is that it won't be incorporated into like competitive battling. Like it, it won't host any. Like it won't yeah. replace Sword and Shield as like the competitive arena. But I mm-hmm. don't know what else they have planned or specifically don't have planned for online. I mean, I there's only one version, right? It's not like mm-hmm. there's two versions of it. So I, I don't know if trading will be a thing because it's not necessary. But yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. I think it would be sort of strange not to have some sort of component, but it is, it's in this weird space where it's like technically a core series game is what they're calling it, but it's mm-hmm. also got totally different mechanics. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but gosh, it'd be so fun if you could like, invi- kind of like Animal Crossing, you could like mm-hmm. invite someone to your world and they could like help you or like oh, they could walk around with you or something. That would be really fun. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. Oh, I'm excited for the future of Pokemon. If this is something that they're exploring as a way to sort of transform the experience in the way that the anime kind of transformed their storytelling, I'm very excited for what's to come. And it makes sense because we're, you know, 25 years into the franchise. So if ever there were a time to sort of experiment um, and tweak things for a new sort of era or whatever, it makes sense to do that sort of a benchmark moment. Yes. Speaking of 25 years, I, I will mention, because it's relevant, I suppose, it just dropped this past week, but uh, the entire Pokemon 25, the album, uh, album what? is out. <laughs> and it is, I listened to it today because uh, I, I was lucky to have noticed that it dropped. Um, it's fine. It's fun. <laughs> it's sort of what I expected. Uh, I think it's 14 songs from various popular uh, artists. It's a sort of a pop album there's a bit of hip-hop on there okay um and a little bit of dance on there and i it's you know i think it's i think when they announced the first single being from Katy perry i feel like i kind of knew what to expect um and i i think i've gotten pretty much what i expect it's weird to me 
that they didn't like with these Pokemon collections, right? These Pokemon uh-huh. music collections, which they've only done a, f- a few of. Um, the one that I remember distinctly is Pokemon 2000, the movie had a CD that wasn't the soundtrack to the movie, but was a collection of pop music to sort of like help promote the movie. Um, and it was oh a bunch God. of yeah. pop artists like O-Town, um, Dream Street, <laughs> uh, some up and coming folks that never went anywhere. Um, and it was all sort of music that was pop music that was either written to be Pokemon themed or tweaked to be Pokemon themed. And this, this, it, it, it surprises me that like two decades later, they kind of did the same thing to this, to, I think the same effect where if you're going to do, uh, if you're going to make original songs for promoting Pokemon, mm-hmm. I just feel like you either have to lean entirely in one direction or the other. Like you can't do the middle ground of like, I'm making a pop song and I'm just going to like throw in some Pokemon references. Like yeah. either make it not reference Pokemon at all and just be part of like the theme of Pokemon and friendship and pushing yourself and you know that, um, or lean heavily into it um, and just make it like full on Pokemon music. Yes. Um, and this album I think tries to occupy the middle space and I, okay. I, I just wish it, I wish it would lean harder in one or the other direction. There's one song on there that heavily samples Pokemon music from the video game. And when I got to it, I was like, why didn't the rest of the songs do this? Like, so you're that's talking about like heavily sampling Pokemon music. Are you also talking about like the lyrics need to be strictly about Pokemon? I think I think either go all the way in on it or or don't reference it at yeah. all in the lyrics. Yeah, because I think like like there's a Lil Yachty song on there, which I think is the best example. Like it starts off as just like a regular sort of like pop song you might hear on the radio. And then, like, there's a verse that just incorporates a bunch of Pokemon references, and then it, like, goes back to being just, like, a song mm-hmm. you might hear on the radio. I'm like, that's weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's so bizarre. Like, either either do it do it all in and just make, like, a corny as heck, well-produced yeah. uh, Pokemon song, uh, or just do something that's a good song that's sort of thematically in there. But I want a song about Mr. Mime. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. Like, a just, whole like, song. Do I want whole songs about like any Pokemon? That'd be so much f- that aren't Pikachu because <laughs> we've got <laughs> yeah, those yeah, already. we're good. We're, we've got Pikachu down. <laughs> yeah. You know he's fine. But like I still, I don't know if you ever had the the music album, the Pokemon album to be a master, which was like songs from the show and then songs that were incorporated into uh, like the segment they replaced the Poke Rap with. Hmm. Some of those songs are still bops, and they're just unabashedly Pokemon songs. Uh, and I still find them super fun because they're not trying to be anything other than just like, here's a Pokemon song with a dance beat. Start dancing. You know, like it's great. Start dancing. <laughs> this is where you dance now. Yeah, exactly. So I anyway, that. mentioning that because it's relevant. Check it out if you're inclined. Uh, but I think you could skip it if you're not. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to look into this personally. I think that's kind of yeah. cool. Now I want, yeah. I want, I do. You're right. Like I want to see like a Jigglypuff song. I want. Did they do the rap over? I mean, did they even do the rap? Because that's no. Like... That's that's what's so wild is they didn't even like redo the Poke Rap. Like, oh what, my god! Why is this a why is this Pokemon Twenty Five like <laughs> celebration the album if it's not like being unabashedly Pokemon? Right? Like, yeah. one of the songs that they promoted was a Post Malone cover of "I Only Want to Be with You." Ooh! Like, what does that have to do with anything? I've seen that video and it was so weird. It was so like, weird. Why? What does yeah. that have? What is like 
I, I yeah, just like reproduce the poke rap. That would yeah. be awesome. Like with mm-hmm. a like with with like real hip hop producers and real rappers, like do that. Or like do a parody song of I Only Wanna Be With You, but like make it about like Pokemon, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like I'm such a baby cause her tatum makes me cry or something. <laughs> yes. Like I don't know. Like right. it's not that hard. <laughs> right. I feel like I feel like Pokemon fans are the most likely to check out an album called Pokemon Twenty Five. So just just make it that. Just yes. make it that. That's that's where I fall on it. Maybe somebody has a different opinion, but I just don't <laughs> see the point in doing this or Pokemon 2000 was a little bit better, plus it had O-Town, so it automatically wins. But uh, I just don't see the point of doing an album like this if you're not going to celebrate the 25-year history of Pokemon. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I guess uh, I guess we can dive into the spooky part of this episode, right? <laughs> Get into what we're here for. Ooh, let's do it. <laughs> Yes. So this episode sort of originated out of me reaching out to folks, potential guest hosts and saying, like, what are some things you might be interested in? Um, I was talking to Cassie and Cassie was like, well, there's a lot of Japanese folklore in Pokemon. And I think that is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. Um, and so that's what this is going to be. Uh, largely, I think, focus probably a lot on yokai specifically, but any sort of Japanese folklore. And yokai is such an interesting word because it encompasses so much and doesn't really have a good translation. So it it kind of just weaves its way through any sort of Japanese folklore, and they overlap so much. That's a big part of it. Um, but we'll go wherever we wherever we wherever we feel like it. <laughs> cool. And I feel like I have to personally say I am not an expert on yokai. I'm oh yeah, just a avid appreciator. I have a few different yokai tattoos. I'm nice. trying to cover myself in yokai tattoos. I have Hell a yeah. I have a guy in um, our city that specifically does Japanese, uh, like, wood woodblock print mm-hmm. um, tattoos, and he's very into yokai, and so we always talk about it when I go to get my tattoos. And so this is why I was like, well, this is just a natural connection to Pokemon for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's worth noting, you know, on that same topic, like, obviously, I'm also not an expert, but one thing worth noting, at least this is something I ran into a lot. I'm assuming you probably ran into this a lot as well. What's accessible to us as like English speakers and readers is sort of limited. So like, what you and I are pulling from is just what's available to us. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, folks who speak, read Japanese who are from Japan are probably like, yeah, no, there's tons of information, but we just, <laughs> we don't have a ton of access to it yet. Um, it sounds Absolutely. like a lot of that collection process in the English language is still, uh, still happening. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's also very much worth, worth noting. And a lot of this is folklore and folk stories. So it's sort of nebulous anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily collected. Um, I'm sure a lot of it's not meant to be collected. So I'm sure there's even a conversation there, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. We're just here to talk about the stuff we think is cool. So if you've never heard of yokai, uh, well, one, if you're listening to a Pokemon podcast and you've never heard of yokai, that's amazing because <laughs> yokai watch, uh, is a relatively large property, uh, that overlaps with Pokemon a lot, but, um, yokai, it's, it's sort of a weird thing to explain. Uh, so I pulled a couple different folks talking about quote, the definition of yokai, um, from yokai.com, which is run by this guy named Matthew Meyer, who is sort of colloquially, colloquially known on the internet as the yokai guy. Um, he says yokai is one of those words like samurai, geisha, ninja, sushi, that is best left in its native tongue. It's best to just try not to 
uh, translate it into an English word that is a one-for-one translation because there just isn't one. Um, That same website, yokai.com, says, Yokai are strange supernatural creatures and phenomena from Japanese folklore that include ghosts, gods, transformed humans and animals, spirit possession, urban legends, and more. There's also an essay that you and I both found independently from each other um, from an author named M. Lucero that was very cool, has a huge list of Pokemon from the first three generations through the lens of Pokemon Go uh, that were inspired by Yokai. So I would definitely recommend that um, if you just search M. Lucero Pokemon Yokai or whatever. Oh, honestly, if you just search Pokemon Yokai, it'll come up. Um, mm-hmm. But on that same website, that author says to define Yokai is like trying to reach out and grasp one, a slippery, ephemeral experience. They can be anything from ghosts to ogres, animal tricksters and shapeshifters, monsters to transformed humans, deities to diseases, even inanimate objects come to life. Wikipedia says their behavior is even varied. Uh, they could be malevolent or mischievous. Oh, yeah. They could be friendly, fortuitous. Uh, they could even be helpful. Uh, so it's not even like you could classify them just based on like, are they good or bad? Because that's not really a thing either. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I found that I really appreciated that really helped me, I think, sort of grasp how you might categorize yokai um, because there isn't sort of a one-to-one word translation for it was from a presentation called Yokai 101 Exploring the Thrill of Japanese Folklore from the Japan Society of Northern California's YouTube page. Um, and it actually featured that Matthew Meyer guy as well as another guy um, who's sort of known for studying Japanese folklore. And one thing that was really cool is they 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 sort of described yokai as the emergence of something concrete from something amorphous. Mm. So these legends and these creatures or characters or spirits are sort of attributing like uh, a conscious force to something that we don't necessarily understand, which exists in all cultures, right? Um, but I think if you sort of think of them from that origin point, that explaining mysterious events or sometimes even just feelings, universal feelings that no one can quite understand – Um, that to me made a lot of sense. And one of the examples they gave was there's a yokai that is basically just a screen door, right? Like a traditional (laughs) Japanese screen door covered in eyes. Mm -hmm. And he was like, and it makes sense when you think about, you know, being in an unfamiliar place and having that feeling of being watched or perceived and not knowing why that feeling is there, but other people can describe that same feeling, right? Well, how do you ex- describe or or explain multiple different people experiencing the same thing in different places? Uh, well, I don't know, a screen door with a bunch of eyes. <laughs> like, I love that. Um, so it makes a lot of sense. It's 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 a thing that all cultures do, um, and and exist in all folklore. But I think it specifically helps here because I, for me, growing up my first sort of like explanation for what yokai was is like, Oh, well they're ghosts. Well, that's not really true. Well, they're mm-hmm. spirits. Well, that's not really true either. Right. Like it's, it's, it's the whole sort of all encompassing uh, canon of like explaining these mysterious events and whatnot. And it usually ends up with a face or a name mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know if, if that makes sense or if that jives with kind of what you found, but that's kind of what helped me going into this. I love that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. You said that you, you know, your first kind of inkling of what a, yo- a yokai was, was a spirit where as for me, I actually thought more of a demon, mm-hmm. um, which are all true. I mean, yeah. some of them are demons. Some of them are spirits. Most of them are just a personification of 
I don't know, an umbrella or like, oh, a, like you said, like a mirror. <laughs> or a, I love it. It's incredible. <laughs> or like a butt. Some of them are really raunchy, which I love too. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you had this idea of like woodblock from the Edo period of Japanese culture, which is something that I am like really, I've, I've, I've told you this, sorry, random segue, but I have, you know, the wave on my wall, but it mm-hmm. has Gyarados on it in Magikarp, yeah. which I love. It's right. But yeah, it's really cool. Um, but you think of like these, you know, you think of these epic pieces of art, but sometimes it's literally just like two guys having a fart contest, like literally. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's so cool. Like, you yeah. know, hundreds of years ago in like the 1600s, they were like drawing fart contests. And uh, so that's <laughs> that's that's part of my association with it. But also, um, not to get too off topic, I'm sorry, but Okami, the video game. Mm hmm. Um, was my first kind of um, intonation with yokai. The the monsters, the bad guys in that game, are all demons of mm, some sort. Okay. And there are very much um, iterations of yokai in that. There's the Jurogumo, which is like a spider woman. Ah. Um, which I've actually recently, that's my most recent tattoo, is nice. uh, the face of a woman with the body of a spider on my thigh. And um, so I just always associated specifically yokai with with demons i've actually also been watching um you can see the influence of yokai in, in anime for sure oh yeah um recently demon slayer mm-hmm. and all the demons that they fight are are very much um just read in yokai lore in some way so yeah demons spirits like again umbrellas that <laughs> just runs the gamut yeah which is really cool I think it was that same essay from M. Lucero. Uh, he said, it's hard to imagine a property as big and huge as Pokemon being from Japan and not having yokai influence, right? So it Absolutely. like makes sense that a lot of these properties that would, would sort of, not sort of come from Japan, properties that would come from Japan would just have that influence in the same way that, you know, we still put werewolves in everything, you know? Yeah. Like it's not going to go away just because it's folklore. It's It's going to it's going to sort of breathe life into every sort of artistic creation moving forward. Yeah. It's our supernatural um, or there are Japanese supernatural, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's something that's kind of ingrained in life uh, to be aware of. I, I just feel like personally Japanese supernatural is like aeons above what we have in America <laughs> for what sure. I, <laughs> what I like about it is that it often requires no explanation where I feel like in in a lot of Western tradition, like it, the explaining never stops, right? Oh my God. Where it's like yeah. as much like you, you constantly explain until the thing is figured out. And I feel <laughs> like a lot of our horror is sort of inspired by that, right? Like it, it there's an explanation for things or there's an over explanation of things where it's like things can't just be scary. We need to know where they came from or like why they're doing the thing they're doing. And I feel like a lot of times when it comes to like uh, Japanese or Eastern uh, like horror, it's scary because you don't know. It's scary yes. because there is not an explanation for it. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't explain why you specifically are being targeted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, like, if I'm reading, like, Junji Ito stuff, it has oh, that gosh, vibe yeah. of, like, why me? Well, you're mm-hmm. never going to get an explanation. That's what's scary about it. <laughs> it's very uh, Lovecraftian, which probably didn't come specifically from Lovecraft. I would say that it probably came from somewhere else beforehand, for sure. But sure. that mystery, that uh, being afraid of 
what you cannot rationalize and mm-hmm. it's so cool japanese horror has always terrified me easily more than any american horror like movie that i've seen any japanese yeah. i i i don't know and the ring when that first came out that mm-hmm. is still one of the scariest movies i've ever seen <laughs> in my life yeah i could not go to the bathroom like i just i was it's- terrified of tvs <laughs> it's haunting it's haunting because of that sort of like lack of full explanation like mm-hmm. when i was a kid i was afraid of everything right and the way <laughs> and, and it was frustrating because it it's it i i wasn't over it even into high school and so when i was in high school i was like i gotta stop this like <laughs> like I, I i want to be able to like watch scary movies with my friends and i don't want to like be f- like have nightmares because i watched a commercial on tv right (laughs) and my way of like overcoming that was to get scary movies from the library watch them (laughs) at night but then what i would do is i was i would explain away why all the things that happened in that movie could never happen to me and and Mm. and you can't do that as well (laughs) with a lot of japanese horror it's like a a lady's just gonna come out of your tv like it's just just... gonna happen yeah (laughs) it's just (laughs) you can't stop it (laughs) right and so that's always that that's that stuff has been the stuff that has maintained a hold on me as far as what's scary Mm -hmm. reading junji ito stuff is far scarier to me than watching uh you know any western horror movie at this point yes Yes. It's just, it's, it's, it's really haunting and disturbing and I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. A lot of body horror too, which I'm always a fan of. Oh. So Pokemon, I mean, they, they draw inspiration from all over the place. Some of them are really obvious, right? Like it's just things in our world, right? Pidgey's a bird. It's a pigeon. Like we know where that comes from. <laughs> we saw a bird, made a bird into, into Pokemon. Uh, some of them are uh, like specifically inspired by like Kaiju. Like you can pick out Pokemon that are inspi- inspired by Godzilla or Mechagodzilla, Gamera, um, all sorts of things uh, where you can pull stuff from that. Um, some of them are like inanimate objects that that are Pokemon, and I think those often are considered weird by uh, maybe Western audiences, right? <laughs> uh, we had a whole episode a couple months ago about like inanimate object Pokemon because they're oh. so unique and so funny. But uh, I think that is less weird uh, in other cultures because as I was looking through yokai stuff i mean there's a whole classification and category of yokai that are literally just like you mentioned the umbrella inanimate objects sort of come to life through any number of uh, supernatural means <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so exactly. lots of lots of cool places that pokemon inspiration comes from and yokai is a big one i think if you just if you dig you know enough through even just bulbapedia looking for the origins of pokemon you'll see yokai just the word yokai come up dozens of times and then specific yokai come up all over the place it's like the the longer you look the more you realize like oh gosh you could probably you could probably tie you know hundreds of these pokemon to some sort of japanese folklore absolutely i feel like um i was a little confused when um the iterations of pokemon most of them were animal like but very, even more recently, I feel like a lot of the most recent Pokemon have really dove into this inanimate object world. And I was a little confused at first, but then you're right. I was kind of like, well, no, like this is, this makes total sense. Especially a lot of the ghost Pokemon that are mm-hmm. um, like a candelabra that's floating in the air. Or, um, you know, uh, you were talking about Lucero, like Molly, the one that has like a lock of hair that has fangs oh, on it. Oh my gosh, yep so creative i think the body horror thing kind of plays into this because it's just something you do not 
understand. And it's something that really the image just stays with you in your mind. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wait, does that creature have a mouth coming out of its hair? Like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. Like, whoa. (laughs) It's terrifying. It's so weird. Yeah, there were some that I kind of kind of knew about and knew a little bit about the inspiration um, as a kid, right? Like Vulpix and Ninetales, I learned very yes. early on was based on a Japanese creature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Mistrevis is one that I, I knew very early on was based on a Japanese story. Sure. Um, Lickitung, I learned recently, yeah. <laughs> is based oh on a my yokai. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, Lickitung, I, I think we might have talked about this a couple years ago on like a spooky Pokemon episode, but if 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 people missed out on that one or don't remember, Lickitung is based on a yokai that like feeds on filth and scum and so (laughs) it's like this gross creature that you wouldn't necessarily want to meet but also like kind of does you a solid by like cleans up your bathroom cleans your bathroom (laughs) yeah it's pretty great yeah um and mawile is one like you mentioned that's one that i kind of knew uh was based on some sort of japanese story as well um but i think even as i knew some of those things i didn't realize that they were anything more than like oh that's a japanese monster oh that's a japanese Mm -hmm. story you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really know a lot of them. Like I didn't, I didn't know just how many were based on on Japanese stories. Oh, me either. I just assumed, you know, because I would. I just, especially when I started to get tattoos, and I and I was talking mm-hmm. to Adam about like the different types. So I have like my Jurugu, uh, my Jurugumo, and then I have a Bakineko on my shoulder. Oh, like Bakineko! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a ton more. I've, I've kind yeah. of just conceded to the fact that my entire body is going to be covered in yokai yeah um i just i'm just enamored with it i i just think it's so amazing and they're so creative looking um but some of them were so creative looking that you wouldn't necessarily associate them with a pokemon mm-hmm. until you start to kind of look at some of the slight connections right it's more of the story that connects them to a Pokemon sometimes yeah. than the actual illustration. Some of them look exactly like it. Like, um, right. Executor. Like, there's literally oh. a tree that just has faces. Human face tree, baby. <laughs> <laughs> By pure coincidence, I stumbled across the human face tree or the, the human fruit <laughs> tree on a novel gaming episode where we were talking about our favorite video game monsters because that monster hasn't like there's an uh uh, a version of that monster in castlevania where it's a tree with a face that grows fruit that has human faces um and that's when i was like wait that's kind of what executor is too yeah Uh, so i wasn't i i would have been surprised had it not been for that episode to know that uh executor is based on one of these as well I love it. I love the story behind that. It's the Jinmenju, the the tree that has human heads for fruits, mm-hmm. that they laugh so hard that the, the fruits fall off the tree from laughing so hard. <laughs> I, it's just so simple. Uh, like, it doesn't have yeah. to be, again, as you were saying, like, in Western culture, there's, like, this entire lore behind vampires, this entire mm-hmm. lore behind even ghosts to some extent and different poltergeists and different things. But it's like, no, I just thought this was really cool to make a tree that, you know, it had heads on it. And when they laugh really hard, they fell off. And that, and that's kind of where it ends. And it's kind of like, that's simple and beautiful and amazing and funny, but also terrifying at the same time. Yeah. 
And there's probably a way to trace it to some sort of explanation in the real world, but sure. not necessarily like a deep lore that ends up being filled out, right? Like if you mm-hmm. think of the human face tree or the the tree that grows, what does it what does it translate to? The tree that grows human faces? Or, yeah, something like that. He, yeah, <laughs> it's it's like, it's great. You could you could imagine a world where somebody is in a forest and hears laughing and never finds who that who they who was laughing and it's like well there must have been some sort of weird spirit here right and Mm -hmm. that's what they imagined and that's all it was right like there's no there isn't like a story of some of these will have stories like this some of them do have like oh well this happened to this person and this is what resulted but like it could be that or it could simply be somebody heard laughing. It must be a tree that grows laughing fruit. Yes, <laughs> exa- I, absolutely. No, it's kind I of love funny that, that range. You s- yes, exactly. I love that you said that though. That like, you know, it's terrifying because there's this unknown quality of Japanese horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yokai, in some way, is kind of a comforting explanation for the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, even though that I don't know, you're either comforted by knowing that they're a laughing head fruits are you're even more terrified that they're laughing head fruits <laughs> well it has like this dual effect right because yeah. if you can name it you you like names have power right mm-hmm. so like if mm-hmm. you can name it and if you can share that experience then you can you can look out for it right but then you've also brought into being this creature that wasn't there before <laughs> like yeah uh, so you've kind of done both <laughs> things where you've you've made yourself feel more comfortable but then you've also cemented the idea that this yokai could be living in your house or whatever (laughs) it's great amazing i love that you brought up the bakaneko because i just learned what that was like i think this past week maybe uh there's a youtube channel i watch called drawfee and they they do all sorts of goofy drawing challenges and this week uh, or the week that you and i are recording this at least they did like a draws vampires from various folklore and the bakaneko was one of the ones they drew and i didn't look further into it but it was you know basically like a cat that mm-hmm. is a vampire that but but not like a western vampire but like a cat that's a vampire that carries a lantern and dances with a napkin on its head <laughs> like that's all i gathered from it and i was like this is amazing it's um, so cool it's so unique and then lo and behold when i'm looking up yokai inspiration for pokemon i saw somebody make the argument that the pokemon meow stick would be inspired by something like a bakaneko because it yeah. has a uh, a fur pattern on its head that looks like a napkin. It has a split mm-hmm. tail, which I also learned is a is a big thing <laughs> in when it comes to yokai that relate to cats. Mm-hmm. Um, the split tail, and I was like, oh my gosh! Like I just learned what this was, and now I I know that Pokemon has its own little version of this dancing vampire cat. I love it. <laughs> it's great. It's so cute. <laughs> the amount of kitties makes me so happy. To be oh, honest, yeah. like there's the Nekomata, which is also like a prong tailed cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they made an allusion, um, and Lucera made an allusion to Espion, which is yeah. perfect because it has the two. Which I don't even think about Espion having a prong tail. Sometimes, like I just forget that it's there. But I mean, that's another. Ugh, that's another group of Pokemon that I'm obsessed with. I love every Eevee. I love every <laughs> evolu- Eevee, Eevee evolution. Yeah, I think Sylveon is my favorite, but I always like go back and forth. But it's um, great. It's it's hard to pick a well. I think it's hard to pick a favorite personally. Yes. When there were only three of them, I had a very clear favorite, and then they kept introducing them, and I was like, "Well, these are all great. So how am I supposed yeah. to pick a favorite anymore?" <laughs> They're all amazing. They they really are amazing. Yeah. So yeah, Espion was related to the Nekomata, which was like the the prong tail, which was actually kind of like the mean cat, whereas like uh, a Bakeneko is usually 
nicer. Mm. Which you think a cat with like a you know a towel on its head that's dancing around is hopefully kind, but who knows? <laughs> Unless it drinks your blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it kind of lures you into a a, a sense of yeah. of contentment. <laughs> I like how many of the yokai stories involve like drinking blood, but they're not. They're not. It, it's like almost disingenuous to call them vampires. You know what yes. I mean? Because at least. In our tradition, like you said, there's so much explanation behind vampires and there's so much lore um, that there's there's almost like too much wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many of these yokai where it's like this and that and this. And oh, by the way, it might drink your blood. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes it does. You know what, <laughs> like... though? Like real cats probably would do that. Like it's kind of like the same thing. It's kind of like, yeah, if you died, your cat probably would eventually try to eat you. Like. <laughs> But it's not like they would try from the very beginning, you yeah. know? It's not like you're sleeping and it's, like, trying to, like, eat you. Hey, Rory, would you eat me? <laughs> he stayed asleep. Nah, <laughs> He's nah. not going to let me Maybe know. later. Maybe later. <laughs> He's too lazy for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I bring that up because Mr. Viss, uh, mm. which is also based on a, a legend, I guess, of, like, a severed head yokai that I nearly called, like, a severed head ghost. But, I don't even, again, I don't think that's even necessarily... Yeah, accurate. It's not. I don't think it's. I. Th- I think it is corp. Like corporeal. Like I. Th- I think mm-hmm. is what I gather. Um. But it's also. It's like the severed head of a woman. Uh. That flies around and and maybe will drink your blood. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> like, maybe. Is she hungry? You know. She yeah. might partake. Yeah. She That's might just funny. chill. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I and I. It's lost on me. Like what? What are the thousands of yokai this is but there is a spirit yokai that is is a spirit but it's not a ghost because it's the spirit of a living person Mm -hmm. that just like comes out when you're sleeping and just like hangs out with people and people get freaked out by it but they're like oh but that person's alive still (laughs) yeah but their spirit is just hanging out like going around well i think there's just a very different understanding and there's probably it's it's part of it is translation, but it's also mm-hmm. cultural, right? That's why the translation mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily work perfectly. I think the legend that surrounds Mawile, which we've mentioned a couple times, the idea that there's this yokai that is a woman who has a mouth on the back of her head, that yokai lives among people. Like yeah. the, the whole reason they're able to do what they do is because they live among people. During the day, they just they're they look, appear, act like a normal person. And then at night, they devour everything in the pantry through the mouth and the back of their head, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it's, yeah, this this idea that they're living among you or they might just be there, either with you knowing or without you knowing, I think is, is really critical to a lot of mm-hmm. these stories as well. That just, oh my God, I'm doing a huge disservice right now. But there is literally, we were talking about earlier, oh, I'm going to think about it after the podcast. Mm-hmm. But there is literally an episode of... It's one of the newest Pokemon TV shows, mm-hmm. I think. Was it a Ghastly or was it something where like, ah, it was this Ghastly was pretending to be the ghost of an old woman. Oh, old this woman. is from the original anime. There's um, if if, if I'm thinking if if what you're maybe thinking maybe you're right, is what I'm maybe thinking. you're right. Yeah, but I remember recently seeing that episode. Yeah, yeah, it, and it was entirely steeped in that. Was that there was this house on the beach and yep. there was this woman that people would go and they're like, oh, sometimes her spirit comes back and visits. And it was like a ghastly. Mm-hmm. And I again, I might be wrong about this because, but I, I feel like I watched it recently that 
the ghastly totally took on this entire persona like just was like yeah i am the ghost of this woman like Mm -hmm. which was so cool which makes me wonder like this is something that just kept me up at night like (laughs) are ghost pokemon really dead like so i think honestly that right there and yokai in general i think i think understanding yokai is to understand ghost pokemon (laughs) in the universe because i think what you're asking is what we all asked as kids how can there be ghost pokemon if all other pokemon are alive Mm -hmm. whose ghosts are they right Mm -hmm. but i think if you if you begin to understand yokai you begin to realize like well actually they don't need to be the ghost of anything to be quote ghosts yes uh, because they are more accurately yokai Mm -hmm. so a ghastly never was the go- like it never was another Pokemon. Mm-hmm. A Poltegeist never was another Pokemon. It's just a spirit that has possessed a teapot. Where did the spirit come from? I don't know. It could have mm-hmm. just literally been an emotion that manifested. Like yeah. And I think the more you sort of expose yourself to different yokai stories, um, and and different yokai types, mm-hmm. uh, you realize like yeah, they were never ghosts of anybody because in the original game. And, and it, it all starts to fall into place, right? These questions we ask as kids. When you play the original game and you fight the ghost of Marowak, mm-hmm. well, why is the ghost of Marowak still a Marowak if ghost Pokemon exist? Exactly. Well, that's why. Because the ghost of Marowak is what we expect ghosts to be. Mm-hmm. And the ghost Pokemon are more accurately like yokai. <laughs> which makes me which makes me question the tra- translation. Yeah. Um, which I love. Which I... They shouldn't be called ghost Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. The, they should the probably be called something thing. else. <laughs> um, exactly. Like supernatural Pokemon or yeah. or something. Because Or just Yokai. Teach us from an early age. Yeah, Yokai fine. Pokemon. Just you know? just tell us. We'll we'll get it eventually. We'll figure it out. But I learned so many words from Pokemon, it's it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, that ma- that makes total sense to me that the uh I just recently well, because I was playing Let's Go, I went to all these familiar places in lavender mm-hmm. town and you know the whole marowak thing i got to revisit that and i was like this is so interesting coming yeah. at this now and being like as a kid you're like well even not even as a kid but as a person that has been steeped in american culture because i am american <laughs> and looking at it and going wow this is kind of morbid but it's not supposed to be morbid right We've made it morbid and it kind of comes off as creepy, which is always fun. I mean, I I have always thought that that is kind of neat. Obviously, being a person who likes creepy stuff, like it's kind of fun to be slightly weirded out and confused by things like that. But that it doesn't have to be a rational explanation for anything. Yeah. And when you're little, you're trying to figure that out. And even when you're older, you're trying to figure that out. But if you're coming at it in terms of like, no, this is just what it is. This is just what this creature is. Um, It's still really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's it's I think it's it's sort of transformative in the way you think, uh, or at least it was for me, right? I mm-hmm. think you sort of examine like what the relationship that we have with the supernatural is based on American and and probably very largely like European tradition, right? Yes. Um, and our our relationship with the supernatural is very distinct. It, it's 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 an other situation, whereas it feels like it's more integrated into other cultures, where it's like, well, no, that's all of the same world. You know, you're not separate from it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just something that happens. It's just something that's here. Yeah. Yeah. And you just have to live with it. Mm -hmm. So a couple other, um, a couple other yokai kept seeing pop up. 
Um, Kappa is a big one, and mm-hmm. it's probably one of the most well-known yokai to the point where I knew what a Kappa was before I knew what yokai were. Mm-hmm. Ludicolo uh, and Golduck are both often cited as being inspired by Kappa, which are amphibious yokai. Ludicolo especially because this has, like, Kappa is typically portrayed with, like, a dish or a dip in their heads that contain water, mm-hmm. uh, which Ludicolo and its its uh, <laughs> its evolutionary line all have. Mm-hmm. Um and it sounds like Kappa probably originated from people drowning because Kappa pulls people yeah. underwater. Um, so I'm guessing that's where the Kappa stories come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that one comes up a lot, <laughs> probably because people know what it is. Um, Absolutely. And then Tengu, uh, which I only know because of Power Rangers. They have the Tengu Warriors, which are like a bird bird grunt. Yes. Uh, and Shiftry is described as a Tengu or inspired by a Tengu. One thing I love about uh, Kappa that I kind of, that I was reading um, on the same site was that they, they, if, if someone drowns, usually it's a child child drowns, they eat the child. Mm-hmm. Um, they also really like cucumbers though. And if <laughs> yeah. you have, if you have a cucumber, you might be able to placate them. I love that. That's great. It's so great. It's great. Cause like you can visualize how that affects your life. Like, right. Like if you live near water, <laughs> Oh, I got to have some cucumbers. Exactly. You're like, well, I got to go. I'm going down to the to the wherever to like Mm -hmm. wash clothes, but I better have some cucumbers with me just in case. Heck yeah. (laughs) In case there's a hundred copper nearby. (laughs) So cool. Just like it reminds me of like how cats are like weirdly terrified of cucumbers. Like this whole phenomenon. (laughs) I would never do it, but I've seen it happen. Like they just like freak out if there's like a cucumber nearby. Yeah. Yeah, look up videos of that happening. Don't do it to your own cat. It's firmly oh God, established. Don't. We know that we know that they're scared. People have done it already. Don't do it to your cat. Yeah, just watch it because it is funny, but it. don't do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is wild. It is so yeah, strange. It's so weird. <laughs> um another one that, that came up that I didn't know was Gliger, which I had always I, I knew that it was or or I have heard many times that it is inspired by the aliens face huggers because Mm. it literally does the same thing where it like latches onto people's faces. Yeah. Um, But I didn't realize there was a yokai that looks a lot like Gliger in that it, it flies or floats. It looks like it is a mix of sort of like a serpent and a lobster or scorpion type (laughs) thing. Um, And, and that was new to me. I had no idea. (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing. It's so cool. I mean, yeah, because it's such a unique looking Pokemon. Um, mm-hmm. it, it always boggles my mind and, and impresses me that they just continue to create Pokemon. And mm-hmm. every single one is something I would not have thought of, uh, yeah. but but has kind of been thought of before. But it's like a very cool, modernized iteration of something that exists. Yeah. I loved, uh, I didn't realize this, but I, I've always wondered, because this is one of my top favorite Pokemon too, Slowbro. Yeah, this was new to me too. Yeah, this is super cool that there's literally a yokai, uh, I'm, I might slaughter this name, but I think it's uh, Sazeoni, which is a woman that literally sprouts from a she-shell that has spikes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's very distinct. I mean, that is a very um, specific image. And, and it's, it's 
Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and it's such a different, like, the reason I never would have thought of that is because the story is that it's sprouting from the shell, right? Mm-hmm. But the Pokemon explanation for it is that a shell bites Slowbro. So it feels mm-hmm. like a different thing. But when you see them, you're like, oh, yeah, the, it, like, just the visual image of it is very distinct. This yes. creature that has, like, this spiral spiky, you know, shell basically attached to its bottom half. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it looks undeniably inspired by that once you see it. So is there a story, I, I feel stupid not knowing this, and, and you might know this, but is there a story to the, why the shell is in its own Pokemon? No, this is one of those things that Pokemon, I think, honestly, surprisingly at this point has never really gone back and tweaked. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that shell is technically a shelter. The lore is that a, oh. a Slowbro evolves when a shelter bites the shell of Slowbro. So I think Pokemon's explanation is that they technically evolve together. Um and that's not considered a separate Pokemon. It's just the shelter, but it it becomes part of Slowbro, I guess. It's I sort of that. honestly it's like a fusion evolution mm-hmm. uh, which Pokemon wouldn't go on to even touch until <laughs> gosh, like generation 6, 7, something like that, and it's still even very rare. It's usually like a legendary thing only. Shelter is usually purple, though, right? It's usually like a clam looking. Yeah, it's like a little clam with a tongue. Yeah. (laughs) Although now it makes me wonder, like, oh, maybe this is a different, like, there's the Alolan version of different Pokemon. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe the spiky shell is like a certain version of a of a shelter. Well, that's what's so surprising is that you know I think once they started introducing regional variants, it's surprising to me that they never went back and said like, oh yeah, these shelter that are biting Slowbro's or Slowpoke's tails and heads actually come from Alola and they look like this. <laughs> like, I would love that. That you know? would be so cool. I or love even the just making a new Pokemon that would have been like we used to think it was shelter, but it was actually this other thing. Absolutely. You know, try you know, you just not, not it's not that you have to make it make sense. Again, I don't really oh, care, yeah. but like Neither I do love Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I do love the variations. I get yeah. so excited. Like one of my favorites is so silly, but the diglet that just literally has hair. Like Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. It's so cute. <laughs> <sighs> I have such a weird relationship with that. Po- I I think it's so stupid, but so funny, and I I can't That's help amazing. but love it. It's also one of the only like full odd shinies I've ever found. So it's like it, it was like haunting me because back when those games came out and they announced that, I remember on this podcast being like, "This is so stupid. Why did they do this? It's so ugly and dumb." And then I played the game and got a shiny, and Kyle was like, "That's karma. You should not have insulted Diglett. Now True. your your only shiny in this game is going to be a shiny Doug Trio, and you're going to have to use it because it's shiny." I was like, "I know." <laughs> so then it was on my team, and I ended up liking it anyway. <laughs> I love it. I, I think I loved it because of the personality they gave it in the TV show. Yeah. It was like in a band. I was like, yeah. this is so cool. Like, no. Yeah, nobody can tell me any different. Like, this yeah. is amazing. I love the regional variants. It's so much fun. I actually, this is a tangent, but I just the other day, I've been curious about this for a while, but because the original Generation 1 Pokemon are now 25 years old, right? We've seen all mm-hmm. these different ways of sort of revamping them or extending the life of them, either through new evolutions um, in, you know, anywhere from Gen 2 onward to mega evolutions, and then obviously onto regional variants and split evolutions and stuff. There are like less than 50 Pokemon from that original 150 Pokemon left that have not 
had anything done to them. Like, over two-thirds of those Pokemon have had some sort of new evolution, new form, mega evolution, something. And then there's, like, 47 of them or something that are just, like, chilling, like, yeah, we're still just doing our Seal and Dugong thing over here. We're OG. (laughs) Don't touch us. Exactly. (laughs) They will eventually, which is totally I'm sure they will. I mean, they they, they touch Mime, the whole Ice Mime thing. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. I like that. Mime terrifies me, but... Anytime I see one in game, I run away because it scares me. Yeah, it's dancing at you, you know. Uh, dancing at you, it's like it. <laughs> it's like no, yeah. sorry, too much, too much. I will say, looking into a lot of these yokai has made me appreciate a lot of the inanimate object Pokemon that I used to not be a big fan of. Yes, you know, there was this big onslaught of inanimate object Pokemon in Generation Five, and then they never really slowed down from there. And it became kind of this joke, and it's still a little bit of a joke, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to think of a new Pokemon. Let me point to something, and there it is. But when you realize like it's baked into the tradition and folklore, it actually makes a lot more sense. They're not just pointing at things. You know, they're, they're, there's probably stories or situations or feelings behind a lot of these Pokemon, like Klefki, which probably is the idea of like, oh, I, I keep misplacing my keys. How can I keep pl- mi- misplacing my <laughs> keys if I only put them in one place? Well, obviously something must be stealing them and moving them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, that's a Klefki. <laughs> I had the same thought. I had this really, like, this really detrimental thought for a while that was like, oh, I can't stand the new Pokemon. Like, they're just like, they've run out of animals to, like, look like, and now they're just, you know, posting you know, they're just like inanimate objects and it's like, what the hell? But like, you're exactly right. I'm like, well, I appreciate yokai and I appreciate this beauty of like creating things that are in your reality that are just sitting there in front of you. And that is what this is. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, then it only makes sense. It only makes sense for these things to happen. And now I have none of that. Now I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see. Yeah. And honestly, I think that Pokemon is at a point where they are making new yokai. They're, they are making creatures that have these beautiful, bright little stories that don't, you know, that don't devolve into this huge lore, but have this beautiful little, somewhat creepy, somewhat funny idea. And that's it. And it, it's just this like bright little spot, this bright little piece of your, uh, of, of lore that um, kind of makes them yokai in their own right yeah that are yokai that we've seen in the past Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely especially because so many pokemon come with stories of how they incorporate into or affect the environment so Mm -hmm. a kid who's just growing up playing pokemon even if it's only when they have a wildly active imagination could go to a park and see something happen and be like oh i bet you that was a you know that was a sobble or a seal or something like that that can disappear Mm -hmm. in the water like that, I love that it. ripple you saw, like, oh, you didn't see a fish because it was actually this, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that idea. I love <laughs> bringing, I mean, that's the whole reason that, that people have debates about, like, whether they believe in ghosts or aliens and all these things. Like, I always say, like, I like to believe in those things because I like to believe that there are not explanations for everything, but that there are th- other things that are just not embedded in our boring reality that I can think of. Mm-hmm. And I think people that have very hyperactive imaginations allow themselves to have these beautiful moments where they're like, you know, I'm just sitting here, but I'm also thinking about 
the wind blowing and wonder and 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 a story going off in my head mm-hmm. um and thinking about that and i i've always been like that and i know there are tons of people that are like that and that association has just always kept life more interesting for me i feel like if you didn't have that belief things wouldn't just things would be too grounded things would not be as exciting as they could be to be honest it's fun to be scared it's fun to be um confused and un- uncertain of what's happening because you should i don't think you should grow out of that i think this childlike wonder should be something that you always have and pokemon allows us to do that and i think yokai allows us to do that i'm with you i'm totally with you i'm 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 more in the like i want to believe poster uh mm-hmm. than i am i do believe which is unfortunate but sure. i want to i want to i no, want me to. too i've never <laughs> like, had my brain I've... just fights it right yeah. there's this constant fight in my brain of like no but it's and part of that was me reprogramming myself right to not mm-hmm. be afraid of things but like was like uh there's this ongoing fight of like, but wouldn't it be cool if? And then the yep. other part of my brain like, but it's not. But wouldn't it be cool if? Like- uh-huh. <laughs> I have that constant fight too. I, I think I'm more in the I do believe camp, but I'm still not entirely there because yeah. I've never, I've, I mean, I've personally never had a ghost experience. So, you know, I, I, I wish waiting. for one. I'm ghosts. waiting. Like, come on. When I was a kid. Yeah, like, come on, talk to me. Like, I'm waiting. (laughs) For sure. Like, I remember, like, have you ever done this? This is so random. But, like, if you feel like there's somebody watching you or something scary, like, when I was a kid, I'd be like, blah, 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 I'm doing dumb shit. You can hear me. I know you're there. (laughs) And I would, like, yell out loud. Because I would get in my head, like, oh, this is when I'm in a horror movie. Yeah. This is when this thing happens. So I got to do something stupid so I'm not in a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> like break out of the reality of being yeah, in a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I would do that. Like I'd be in yeah. the, I'd be looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh, this is when the monster comes up behind me. And I'd be like, yeah. hey, yo, I know you're there. Or I'd like flash the mirror or something. Be like, <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately have done that so many times. Yeah. I'm more inclined to do it now. I definitely never would have done that as a kid because then yeah. I would have had to acknowledge that the possibility was there, you know? Oh. I was too afraid. I was too scared Aww. of everything. <laughs> That's so interesting. I, I love that you went and, like, going back to this, but I just love this idea of you, like, being so determined to not be afraid of going in and renting horror movies and watching them by yourself. Oh, yeah. Like, that's pretty intense. That's pretty determined. It's it's not the type of thing I would recommend somebody do necessarily, <laughs> at least the way that I did it, because, like, immersion therapy is, like, not a thing that is, like, good typically, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um but that's that's pretty much what I did to myself. Is I just like forced myself. I mean, I had like a method to to the to the the process. But yeah, that's pretty much what I did. Was I just wow. I was tired of being scared of stuff, so I would force myself to watch scary movies in the dark, and then I Ugh. would think over and over while I was trying to fall asleep why those things could never happen to me. <laughs> so yeah, yep, yep, yep. Well, now you have Yokai to unravel the yeah. rationality, you know. Uh-huh. You know, you can have a tanuki with big balls come, you know, and yeah. you don't have to think about it. It's just like, oh, there's just a raccoon with a can giant just do that. scrotum. <laughs> can just do that. Yeah. Probably not a, a yokai we'll see um, uh, adapted in that way into no. Pokemon. <laughs> God, would that be so... But there are some raccoon and tanuki inspired uh, Pokemon, just without the big balls. <laughs> For sure. What's funny is that in Animal Crossing, you come across the tanuki statue that literally has the balls there and i never 
thought about that and I thought it was just like nuts, like literal, like tree, like nuts. Yeah. And then I was like, oh no, that's, <laughs> oh, okay. No. <laughs> I didn't know they were going to put that in this game, but they yeah. have, you know, they have not crossed that line in Pokemon for sure. Yeah. Um, well, we're, we're, we're weirder over here about everything <laughs> and they're kind enough to, uh, you know, consider our boring sensibilities. <laughs> 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 were there other were there other yokai pokemon relationships that you were uh really inspired by or any anything else that you you had that you wanted to bring up no i mean i mean there's tons there's tons but i i really do i do like harping on the fact that i did immediately i was cynical at first about all the inanimate objects but i did become i did begin to really enjoy them especially all the different ghost pokemon and all the mm-hmm. Um, creepy stories that come out of some of the ghost Pokemon, um, like the what was it, the balloon and the little oh. like the little kid or whatever. Like that's not something that I've found that's related to a specific yokai, but that is an idea of what I think of as like Pokemon making yep. their own yokai. That's immediately what when you said that. That's immediately what I thought of because I it's Drifloon, and I yes. also have not. I have not encountered the story that that's inspired by yet, if if there is one. So it really honestly feels like Drifloon might have been inspired by things yokai do. Absolutely. But it might be an entirely new story. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very, again, we just might not yeah. have encountered it, but it's it feels like a yokai story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I really did like that. And that was one that kind of stuck to me. And I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. Um I really like that idea. It's good. It's good. I uh I don't know if this is time for this, but I did have a game that I sure. thought we could maybe play. I love a game. Okay. <laughs> so we have this whole time we've talked about yokai that have inspired uh-huh. Pokemon. Yeah. But I wanna try to figure out if we can come up with some Pokemon that are inspired by some yokai that already exist and come up with new Pokemon based on the mythology of a yokai. Okay. Okay. So we're so, you and I are creating new Pokemon species based on yokai stories. Yes, Got exactly. It. I yes. love this. So what I've done is you've you've mentioned uh yokai.com and they have like a randomizer that has yeah. like random yokai. And so I was just gonna click on one and okay. see if we could determine what type like what what type the Pokemon <gasps> would be, what it would look like, what it would do. Okay. Stuff like that. So let me let me click. I'm gonna click random yokai and see what comes up. Ooh, and I'll do my best okay. to make them not all ghost or fairy types, because <laughs> those exactly. are the easy types. <laughs> I mean, elements are definitely game too. We've uh-huh. got Gyarados and stuff like that. Oh so, yeah. You know. Okay. So this one is, and I'm reading just from this. It's okay. uh, the Kurayaro. Mm-hmm. And typically, the Kurayaro are saddles whose masters have been slain. So like horse saddles. Oh. They take on the lives of their own and act like warriors. So their, you know, their riders have died and they take on their own livelihood as warriors and their saddles. Fascinating. So what, what type of Pokemon do you think this would be? So this is hard because the, the yokai is the saddle itself, right? Not yes. the horse. So it is an inanimate object. So we're, we're okay. dealing with one of these inanimate objects. So I think where I would initially go, especially if I'm trying not to initially go to ghost, <laughs> my first thought would be something that maybe is a ground type Pokemon. I'm thinking of 
if this this warrior or this rider is slain, um, then the horse uh, may run off. The saddle could fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. Something about that interacts with the ground in that sort of yokai spirity type way. Um, and you you come up with some sort of um, little like golemy creature, gremlin-y creature that incorporates the, the, the saddle, but is this little like ground troll type thing. I love that. Yeah. So like maybe it has like, I'm like envisioning in my head kind of like a, like you have the saddle, but then you have the eyes under it, but you can't Mm -hmm. really see like what the body looks like under the saddle maybe. Yeah. Like the saddle is almost a shell or, or or when you first look at it, you think the saddle is inanimate. You think the saddle is just a shell, but in fact, kind of like Parasect where the mushroom is actually the living thing, not not the bug, you know. Yeah. Um, the saddle is actually where the consciousness is, and there's some sort of, uh, you know, th- there's more to it, but you maybe don't see all of it. I love that. That's so cool. And I will note that this is probably too gory for Pokemon, but in the image, there's actually arrows um, stuck Ooh. into the saddle, which I think is kind of cool. Okay. So, like... Um, you could do something with... Um, Especially if you wanted to do something really gimmicky, uh, as Pokemon will do sometimes, you could do something that has to do with terrain, where maybe there's, you know, a couple versions of it, and they're all ground type, but one is ground grass, based on, you know, it falling in a a grassy place, you could do one that's ground rock if it falls in a desert and maybe one that's like ground ice if it falls in a in a mountain or something and what's sticking out of it could vary right it could be spines if it's the desert form it could be twigs if it's the forest form and it could be icicles if it's the the mountain form or something like that amazing that's so cool oh my god (laughs) we just made a new pokemon okay yeah see this is so fun okay you want to do another one yeah oh totally Okay, let's see. Let me click on random and see what happens. I love this. This is such a good idea, Cassie. Thank you. I just, I don't know. I I just woke up in the middle of the night. Ooh, this is interesting. Okay. This is a Katsuro Otoko. Um, and the translation is, uh, it's a beautiful man who lives in the face of the moon. He oh. appears on moonlit nights as gazes and gazes back down at those who gaze up at him. His beauty is said to be so enchanting that those who gaze at him find it difficult to turn away, even to their own peril. And if one gazes long enough at him, he will extend his hand and beckon to them. Um, Ooh. Okay. Mm, Have any I ideas? Could, I could see fairy. I could see ice even. Uh-huh. Um, I was or thinking water? psychic is maybe Ooh, in, psychic. Yeah. In the in the mix. I do like that. And we do have some Pokémon that have been the sun. We have we have mm-hmm. Pokémon that have looked like Do we have a moon looking? Yeah, we do have a moon looking yeah. Pokémon already. Mhm. Yeah. But what about maybe um like an entirely spherical moon? Yeah, I think that could be I think that could be really cool. For some reason because uh, maybe it's just the moon imagery or the um the fact that it's like it's a you said it's a beautiful man, right? Is yeah, what it looks like. Yeah, specifically it says a beautiful. It also says diet vampiric. So we have another vampire. <laughs> maybe not always drinking blood, but yeah, possibly yeah, yeah. just licking up blood if it comes yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> But I could see, you know, depending on what typing we wanted to go with, if it were, you said water, which I think is actually a cool way to, 
to go because you could do something with reflection or um, something like that. But yeah, I like the idea of a spherical, a spherical moon as opposed to a symbolic one or the like crescent shaped one. Yes. The I, photo whatever. is a crescent, but I feel like the only spherical Pokemon I can think of are mm-hmm. like um, Voltorb or something like that, right. like an entire sphere. Yeah. And I, I personally am like very creeped out by floating head things. Mm. So I feel like there's an atmosphere that could be around this particular Pokemon that's a little bit creepy, even though it's a handsome man. Like... A sort of creepiness about it because it's this floating orb yes um, that you could this, do something with this, I, like, i'm really into the idea of this being water for some reason i don't know mm-hmm. why i think it could be one of those pokemon where you're sort of like why is that it's type but it feels right um mm-hmm. something water and rock or water and psychic or something like that that um you know because it, it it looks you look at it and it looks back at you mm-hmm. um yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So I think it would, I don't know if this is necessarily coming up with what it looks like, but I do think it would be the type of Pokemon that focuses a lot on defensive moves and moves that sort of um, assist other Pokemon in reflect or um, in mimic or copycat or things like that, because it's, yes. it's you're sort of like um, entranced by it and it takes advantage of you uh, for that reason. I love that. That's amazing. Oh, but just the idea of it floating there. I know, so just creepy. you can't, and, and, and something about, you know, most Pokemon have like a very cutesy kind of aspect to them, like mm-hmm. a face or something. And so the idea of this, like not having a face, like freaks me out even more. Like if it didn't <laughs> have any type of visible face, but if, if you know it's looking at you. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, it, it would, you know, it would end up being sort of in that weird, uh, I, I think there are some Pokemon that are sort of unnerving because they don't necessarily have a face that we would associate with a face. Like um, I'm trying to think of uh, some good examples like uh, like Claydol. Claydol is one like it has a face, but it has eyes going all the way around it. So you don't really know where to look. Right. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. There's like the little they're like alien inspired Pokemon LGM and uh, I can never remember the other one's name, but they just have like crystals on their face. Um, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where their face is. So I feel like you could do something like that with this, where it's like you kind of know, like you said, you know it's looking at you, but you're not you're not seeing a face. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Interesting. I hate that. I hate it. <laughs> you want to do one more? Sure. Okay. This one is speaking of the trash Pokemon or the yeah. trash guy from earlier. This is uh, Tenjoname. Tenjoname. Mm-hmm. He is. It translates as ceiling licker. Oh boy! Uh, is this the one that Lickitung is based on? No, oh, this okay. is um maybe maybe I don't think so. It's not specifically about trash. It's the seal. Oh, let's see. No, it says specifically the ceiling. Specifically ceiling. But, hmm. but it is kind of specific. Let me try to. I'm gonna click another one. Just this is so interesting because Lickitung is very specific. It, um, let's see. Have you ever have you ever encountered or looked into the Yule Lads? no at all they're like they're like these little (laughs) i'm not gonna do justice to them because i learned about them in a comedic like setting but they're like these little i think winter spirits in some sort of scandinavian culture or tradition and they're just like little mischief makers uh and they all have names that kind of remind me of like sealing liquor where it's like (laughs) where it's like like it might be like uh like soup stealer or like 
shoe snatcher. And oh it's all God, just like these that. little gremlin-y type characters that just do like one very specific annoying thing. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of lint liquor. Like one needs to be like, lint you lint liquor. <laughs> okay, I found one. This is great. I've sure. definitely never seen this before. Okay. Uh, Suika no Bakemono. And Suika no Bakemono translates vaguely to watermelon monster. Ooh. Um, it is a strange yokai which looks like a samurai with a watermelon for a head. What? Um, this picture is amazing. What I'm seeing is a picture. So you're gonna need to look this up later. But it's a yellow watermelon, an angry looking watermelon head man, fighting another one that's green. And so, um, apparently it was in like a doodle, and um, there's no story that comes along of it. There, there's no. I love that. Yeah, there's no lore. It's just like a. Um, there was a uh, a man named Yosabusan, a poet and artist who lived. Uh, a little after the Edo period, who um, just would paint these scrolls with like graffiti-like doodles of yo- like strange yokai, and and two of them were like these watermelon samurai that that fought each other. Cassie, what this do? is hold, I this is amazing because there is uh, there's a series called Common Rider uh, that is a Japanese action live action uh, tokusatsu show related to Power Rangers. Um, and they had a whole season that was fruit samurais. Whoa! And, and when they announced like what it was going to be, it was like, oh, well, it's samurais. And they also have a fruit theme. Uh, and when they transform, the fruit's going to fall on their head and like form armor around them. And everyone was like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> like, none of this makes any sense. But everyone being, you know... Eat like Western Not American Japanese. and European <laughs> audiences, and it makes me wonder: like, did that? Did it just make sense in Japan then, or is it even obscure there? Like, but it seems obvious that that would be the inspiration, right? These like fruit-headed samurai. Yeah. That just blew my mind. <laughs> That's incredible. I'm okay, so sorry. glad. No, this is so cool. I'm so glad this connection make like oh, that came amazing. about. Okay, so Pokemon though, a fruit, yeah. fruit-headed samurai Pokemon. I feel like. Plant, but because mm-hmm. it's like a, it's not a vegetable, but right. Do we have vegetable Pokemon? Um. Oh, that's a great question. We have a lot of fruit Pokemon. Ooh. I we don't know if vegetables. there are any explicitly vegetable Pokemon. I'm not sure. They'll come out. They'll they'll yeah. come up. That'll happen. But, okay, we have fruit Pokemon. <laughs> what fruit Pokemon are? What type are they? Are they usually plant? Uh, yeah, they're usually or? yeah, they're usually grass grass type. Okay, okay. Lots of berries. There's like an mm-hmm. apple dragon in the most recent generation. Oh, I love him. Mm-hmm. The gra- the is it Drampus? No, that's not Drampus. <laughs> it's um. Now I can't stop thinking of Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but Drampus is a Pokemon, right? He's like the old the Drampus old is man. yeah. Oh, I love him. Okay. But that's not who you're talking about. You're talking about the tiny little apple. Yeah, a little applin. Yeah, can evolve into two different uh, apple dragons. Cute. Yeah, I'm thinking there might be something similar, right? Like this one to me yes. makes a lot more sense if you think of like a full evolutionary line, mm-hmm. um, where it might start off looking like a fruit, um, or largely being a fruit or like a small Pokemon that's attached to a fruit or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then as it evolves, that fruit becomes like its armor. Um, I don't know if Pokemon would do something where like the actual fruit is its head. So I think you'd have to incorporate it into a helmet of some kind Mm -hmm. or armor of some kind. But I think you could 
I think you could do it. They've done like seashell helmets before. Mm-hmm. Um, they've definitely done samurai inspired or warrior inspired Pokemon. So definitely not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, we've had swords. So I feel like there oh, yeah. might be some type of sword, some type of katana or something incorporated into it. But I can definitely yeah. see like a cute little watermelon looking like first evolution that'd be super adorable and then it turning into something much more like intense yeah Um, yeah oh that'd be fun yeah especially either it could be like the first one is a a watermelon and then the second one is it beginning to like uh not beginning to split open but it might be split open or have slices involved in some way and then the full one is like all that becomes like whatever the creature's armor is Um, or the first one could be a seed and the second one could be a watermelon um, you could do actually you could do a cool like grass bug type uh, and really play on the fact that like the watermelon could be like the cocoon stage. It's like cut open with the with the sword or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do something like that. That'd be pretty neat. Mm. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. This is so fun. This, this is, is a great oh. idea. This is something <laughs> we'll have to do again. Honestly, I really love this like randomized uh inspiration and then creating a pokemon out of it i actually this will be my tease in 2022 i really want to do something that involves like creation um Mm. and uh, like creating our own things uh for a potential maybe pokemon world attached to this podcast (gasps) um and uh, and this is giving me some cool ideas for how we might accomplish that so yay uh, yeah 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 so i love this this i'm i'm happy to revisit this uh, at some point cool <laughs> you're so good you were like just so spot on like oh it was really fun <laughs> listening to you describe it's, it's helpful to have something because i've you know there there are people online who make entire pokedexes full of fake mon right mm-hmm. it's a huge thing i follow so many artists on instagram who are just creating pokemon and i'm like this is amazing to me that that folks can do this um, but it kind of makes a lot more sense if I imagine that they're doing kind of what we just did and they're just pulling legends and stories and different, you know, sort of wacky combinations of things and seeing if they can make something of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really honestly kind of encouraging because I'm like, I want to do something cool like that. Yes. And you can <laughs> and you will. And I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fantastic. I love that. That was awesome. Yay, good. <laughs> Well, I guess all I can say really uh, is just I think looking into yokai helps uh, explain a lot of what Pokemon does that might be a head scratcher for us over mm-hmm. here in the States uh, and probably uh, in Europe as well. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> um, a lot of that head scratcher stuff becomes less head scratchy if you look into to yokai stories. Uh, so I would I would highly recommend it. And I think it just generally expands your understanding uh, a little bit of of things in general. <laughs> I absolutely uh, so agree. I will uh, I already I there was a book I was looking for in hopes that I would be able to peruse it uh before this episode, but m- neither of the libraries I have memberships to had it, so I like recommended they get it. So hopefully they'll get it and I can read it and tell you about it. Nice. Do you remember <laughs> what it was called or I think so. It was one of the ones that was written by one of the guys in the um, the presentations I watched. Oh, I don't remember his name. I wrote it down somewhere, but um, it's one of the two guys that kept popping up. One of them was Matthew Meyer, who's mm-hmm. written books um, and does a lot of yokai illustrations. He's the guy that runs that yokai.com. And there's another guy that I read like a New York Times article 
um, that he had written. Ugh, I don't remember what it was called, but it, I think it was literally just like the yokai book or something like Ooh. that. So I'll, I'll look and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, send you the title. Still sounds good to me. Yeah, I definitely yeah. want to read that. <laughs> cool. Well, um, thank you a ton, Cassie, for joining me on this one. I feel like uh, this was a good a good episode with a good combo. I, I found somebody with a, a similar sensibility to tackle this, and I like that. And uh, there's so much more we could do with it, uh, especially with that game. Yes! If you play it again, let me know. I'll oh, come yeah. back. I, I love it. It's so fun. Oh yeah. I mean if we're gonna do it again on the podcast, I'm 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 hoping you'll be there. <laughs> Yay! Okay, I will. Whenever it is, I'll be there. Yes, cool. this is amazing. This is so fun. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm so happy you joined me. If if people want to find more of what you're doing or more of you just on the internet, uh where might they do that? Um, so as you mentioned, uh, we, I have my own podcast with my partner, uh, Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast, um, and that is Distant Echoes SW on Twitter, and then my own Twitter, which is where I post mostly what I'm like lo- watching or doing, and uh, which has recently been, speaking of spooky, uh, Dead by Daylight, I've been really yeah. into that again, so I've been talking about that and just uh you and i recently were talking about dragula i'm really excited about that so even after yokai on that season (laughs) yes and they're my favorite so far i was hoping they would be good and i was not disappointed yeah so i'm i'm very much looking forward to that oh yeah um but i usually you know blog about stuff like that on my own twitter which is cassie thulu which i remember the name of this time so i'm very proud of myself (laughs) (laughs) it's like cassie and cthulhu smashed together (laughs) (laughs) definitely check it out and definitely check out distant echoes it's good stuff (laughs) thank you and if you like what I'm doing here on Victory Road, you can find more of what I'm doing on Twitter at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y, or on my other podcasts, Walloping Web Snappers, which is a Spider-Man cartoon podcast, Falling with Style, which is a Pixar movie marathon podcast, running out of breath, and <laughs> Novel Gaming, a podcast about books, video games, and other pop culture. For information on this show, be sure to find the podcast on social media at Victory Road Pod. And if there's something in the world of Pokemon you know a whole lot about and you'd like to appear on the podcast or that you would just like us to talk about, please let me know. Until next time, I'm headed back to the Pokemon Center to search for Yokai. I will see you later. <laughs> <laughs>